0: is more than the policeman on the corner, more than the courthouse where our laws are enforced, more than the jail where lawbreakers are punished. This is Life of the Law.
1: I'm Nancy Mullane. This episode, we're bringing you two stories from our live law storytelling event in San Francisco. The theme for the night, Love and the Law. Our first storyteller is Mark Leno. He's a state senator in California. And 10 years ago, he made the decision to fight a war over a word. Here's Mark.
0: Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. It is a real honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you, Nancy, for the invitation. And also, happy 10th anniversary of the Winter of Love here in San Francisco. And we know how love is. It just spreads itself around the world. I was visiting my then 83, 84-year-old parents in Florida around the time of that Hawaii Supreme Court decision in, in 1993 or so. And even though I'd already been out to my parents for about 25 years, we'd never had a conversation about marriage. And so on the drive from the airport to their home, I raised the question. And I asked them, if Doug, my partner of 10 years who died of AIDS in 1990, and whom they love like another son. I said, if Doug were still alive and the two of us wanted to get married, how would you feel? I said, I really want to know. It'll help me in my activism. And there was silence. After about a minute or so, my father responded and said, you really want to know? I said, of course I do. Of course I do. Please be as forthright as you can be. I wouldn't ask otherwise. And he said, well, now that I think about it, I have to tell you that. I wouldn't be all that excited to tell my golfing buddies that my son was marrying another man. I said, well, thank you for telling me that. I'm sure it's not easy for you to say that, but I wanted the truth. I said, now let's take another step. Why? Why would you not be elated? Why would you not be the first to uncork the champagne and throw a big party for these two men you love and whom you want to see as happy as they could be? He was quiet again for another moment or so, and then he said, I guess I'm a little ashamed. I said, thank you, Father. This is not easy stuff. And this is what the coming out process is all about, that we've been going through together for 25 years, getting rid of those last vestiges of shame. So we got home. A Couple days passed. That Sunday night, I was packing my bags to go back to San Francisco. and. I could hear my father in the next room on a telephone conversation with apparently a good friend of his. And what I heard from my father's end of the conversation was, why should your son have any more rights than my son? It's un-American. Equal treatment under the law. And I thought, in 24 hours, 25 years, from shame to pride, and I realized I had finally come home. Thank you.
1: That was California State Senator Mark Leno at the Live Law Storytelling event in San Francisco. What does the law have to do with falling in love anyway? Jim Brosnahan is a senior trial attorney at Morrison & Forrester, and he says absolutely nothing and everything. And for him, it all began with a dinner more than 50 years ago.
2: That evening, on uh, September 25th, 1958, uh, the person I'm about to introduce you to prepared Oysters Rockefeller and uh, apple crumb pie, and it was delicious. And she served that to six law students in a kitchen in Cambridge. I was one of those people. This morning, she cooked me oatmeal. (laughs) But she still cooks really fancy things. It's been mentioned that Hawaii was the first state to consider authorizing, legalizing gay marriage. And it was many years ago, I'm not sure exactly, I'm sure there are people here who know exactly when it was, but I was, of all things, playing golf in Hawaii, which is what lawyers do sometimes. And uh, I was returning the cart, and the guy who was taking care of the cart, and he took my golf shoes and so forth, he said, did you ever hear of anything As ridiculous as the idea that two gay people could get married. I had not heard the idea before, and I turned to him and I said, out of the essence of my character, I said, there's not enough love in the world. I'm sure of that. And if two people want to get married, nobody should ever get in their way. The story I'm going to tell you is about the young woman and the young man in the kitchen in 1958. The young woman was Jewish and went to Wellesley College on a quota, which I'm sure was thought of as a liberal, progressive kind of step at the time. They had forbidden Jews to go to Wellesley, but they were changing it. But they didn't want too many. 15% 15% was thought to be appropriate. Otherwise, they'd overrun the place because, you know, they're really very smart, you know. <laughs> who doesn't know that, right? And, but there went uh, Carol Simon from New York City, who was wonderfully smart and went through Wellesley and rolled the hoops or whatever they were doing over there. If I, if I sound vague about it, While she was hobnobbing with society people and all these wealthy children of famous families with names that were on refrigerators and stoves like Tappan and, you know, whatever, uh, I was over at Boston College with the Roughnecks. (laughs) There we had two-thirds Irish, one-third Italian, one black guy, and one confused Jewish guy, (laughs) who I think had come to the wrong place, (laughs) and Jesuits everywhere. And behind me, in my family, all the way back, I had, first of all, I should tell you, 20 aunts and uncles, all of them Irish, with only two exceptions, two exceptions and behind them, my grandparents, and behind them, my great-grandparents. And the great-grandparents, you might have thought, at the particular time and the particular moment, were people that needed lawyers, needed support, needed help, because they came out of the hunger in Ireland, which is another story. Brosna means twigs in Ireland. I don't think we were a big deal in that country. (laughs) I think we were outside the castle. (laughs) In case I would want to brag, I have looked at 500 books on Irish history in the indexes. B, B, R, B, R, O, Brown. There's not a Brosnahan in any book on Irish history. I thought that maybe Charles Stuart Parnell at some point would say, here, Brosnahan, hold my coat while I do great things. <laughs> Nothing. Zero. Zilch. There is a modesty about it that's unbelievable. And yet, <laughs> and yet, one of my great grandmothers, I've been doing some family history, gave birth to 12 children, 12 children, four of whom died before they were two years old. And they went to church one Sunday, there was an orphan up front, and the priest said, John, you've already got eight, why don't you take her home? He said, okay, I will. And she went to college. See, that's the Irish experience. And there were Irish storytellers. And there was a hundred years of the denial of education. There's all that old stuff that I really wonder whether you can relate to at all. But I do relate to it. I do relate to it. And when Carol had prepared the Oysters Rockefeller, she looked at me and she said, there's a Catholic mixer on Friday. Are you going? Hmm. With my ego, I thought, she likes me. (laughs) She denies that. I asked her recently. I said, you liked me right then. She said, I didn't like you right then. That's the way people who've been married for 55 years talk. They want, you know, I need to straighten that out. (laughs) My answer, I thought, was snappy. I said, I'm not going to the mixer. I can get my own dates, which was not true at that time, (laughs) okay? (laughs) I have to be honest. We had promised ourselves in that house, the six of us, the law students, the men, that we wouldn't date the cook because it wouldn't work out. It was an honorable thing to swear to, which we did. Three weeks later, Carol and I got engaged. (laughs) And all hell broke loose. I don't think I'm adequate with the words to convince you that in 1958, in Boston, Irish people did not marry Jewish people. It was not done. Even now, we can say, because of such progress in America, the promise of progress in America is so strong that we can't even understand why that would be, but it was. My best friend from high school and college was asked by me to be my best man. He couldn't come to the wedding. In the wedding, Carol, could get very few relatives to come, and many to write letters about why this was a terrible idea. It's ridiculous. It was silly. We didn't really care. And I will say that Carol's aunt came, and I was glad we had somebody there, She sat in the corner and cried throughout the entire (laughs) ceremony. I think she was sitting, whatever that is, in the Jewish community, when you sit and you moan, Uh, she's gone, she's gone. (laughs) We could care less. The point, all night here with these stories, two people love each other, and that's it. You mean the government might get in the way? You mean elected people might get in the way? You mean rabbis might get in the way, or priests or ministers might get in the way and might say, you cannot do this? An antique time, an old time. But we are animated by it in our family. People would ask us, we have three kids, and they're terrific. But people would say, when they would realize that we were something called a mixed marriage, they would say, usually in a soft voice, how do you bring up the children? As though it's impossible, isn't it? (laughs) And after a while I would say, we give them Wheaties and we send them to Berkeley High School. (laughs) We are happy to join in anybody else's fight for liberty in this country. Um, we, we do all we can. Carol and I have marched uh, back in the day uh, in front of uh, the uh, Palace Hotel, I marched there and then we went out on Van Ness and we marched. We formed, it was such a good thing for us, a view of current public opinion, if it could be so wrong about the two of us. I think I'm probably speaking for Carol. Then they could be wrong about so many other things. They could be wrong if they think they should take all of our emails and all of our telephone calls. That could be totally and completely wrong. just happens to be my opinion. (laughs) So, 55 years of marriage, luck beyond maybe even what we deserve, and an opportunity to come and be what the Irish call a Sanchi. A Sanchi is a person who tells stories. It's the oral tradition. Back in the day, there was the flood, and there was this, and there was that. The Sanchis would be called in, and you never knew when they'd give a talk, but usually it had to do with liquor. And so the Sanchi would drink, and the word would go out, the Sanchi's gonna talk. I can't replicate that, but I can appreciate the spirit that brought together tonight so that people could tell you stories. America was put here for the purpose of allowing, perhaps slowly, and at times much too slowly, the blooming of equality as all of us get rid of ideas that in any way intimidate or hold back any particular person. We rid our minds of categories of people and we rejoice when we meet individuals and appreciate everything about them because they are all one, they all struggle, they all work. They all have families. They all have aspirations. This is the promise of America, not put together by me for the purpose of this program, but it is obvious to me that that is true. So I really appreciate, more than I can say, the opportunity to be with you tonight, to listen to the other speakers, to appreciate my friends who were able to get married, uh, and to wish you All the best. Thanks.
1: Jim Brosnahan speaking at Life of the Law's recent storytelling event in San Francisco at the Verdi Club. Special thanks to our host, Snap Judgment's Glenn Washington. Look for our next live law event in Minneapolis on May 31st at the Bryant Lake Bowl. Life of the Law is produced by Julia Barton, Katie Barnett, Shannon Heffernan, Alisa Roth, Jillian Weinberger, and Phil Wilt. Our music is by Matthew Darr, Kyle Kaplan, and Todd McDonald. Our web editor is Mary Adkins. Financial support comes from you and the Open Society Foundations. Special thanks to Thomas Hilbink. Also thanks to Lisa Rudman at Making Contact, our fiscal sponsor. For more on this story and others on the law and the legal system or to donate to Life of the Law, visit lifeofthelaw.org.